All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Culture Connectors. Uh, Pablo on the line. Kayende here. And today we have a very special guest, a good friend of mine. Who are you, Miss Ma'am? Kennedy. Okay. And uh, tell us, what do you do, Kennedy? Oh, what do I do? Yeah. Like literally list out everything recent, semi-recent, you know, what do you, what do you, how do you earn income? Ooh. Um, at my core, I'm a creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, that costs money. Gotcha. So... Recently, I've been bringing in income, generating income by adjusting, being Mm. a property claims adjuster. Um, I also like dabble in day trading. Mm. Um, I teach how to trade. What else do I do? Singer, songwriter. Mm. Um, I want to get into like event planning, just like all sorts of stuff. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> kind of run the gamut on everything. Yeah. And then, so take us from like high school up until now. Like where Ooh. did you grow up? And then how did you get into each of those endeavors? Okay. So I'm from Dallas, Texas. Shout out Texas. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Triple D. Um, and I went to perform in arts high school there. Um, I actually started off in visual arts. Mm. Uh, realized it was more of a hobby, less of a passion. Switched over to... Uh, Performing arts, specifically as a vocal major, um, became classically trained through doing that. And then it was time to go to college, um, applied to do vocal performance, like colleges all over the country. And I landed in New York um, at NYU. Nice. Yeah. So I ended up studying performance studies there. And it's more of like a theory-based major, very interdisciplinary. So like I got to interact with a whole bunch of, I guess, instead of had I gone like the performance route versus like a more cerebral theory based route, um, I wouldn't have come across as many like thought provoking pieces. It would have been very much like, you know, working on my craft. Mm-hmm. Um, but it through studying performance studies, I was able to kind of branch out and explore things like life in a way that I wouldn't have been able to had I just stuck to um, performance only. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, the study is like examining the difference between life and art, art and life. So it's kind of seeing where the lines blur mm-hmm. between the two. Yeah, Are they different? Are they the same? Mm-hmm. Very much playing devil's advocate. Yeah, we know from previous conversations. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, led me to realize that I'm more than just a singer per Mm -hmm. se. Like, I don't think the word singer really like encompasses what I do. And like recently artist has been kind of feeling a bit limiting as well because I just have my hands in so many pots. So Mm -hmm. I'm always creating. Um, But through being in college, I kind of focused on music performance as a black woman. Mm And it kind of just expanded as I learned more about life and art and the world. Things are a little bit more conservative in Texas than they are here. Of course. In New York. So um, I very much just kind of learned about life, the city. My junior year in college, I decided to go to Paris and that was a hot mess. But I learned a lot about life. And myself. Well, all, yeah, segue into that. Like, well, how was Paris? What did you do um, there? Paris is not made for women mm-hmm. or anybody who doesn't present as like a white man. Gotcha. Um, it wasn't really safe, but it gave me the space for me to like create my first little like mini project. Mm-hmm. And I. How long were you in Paris? Oh, like six months. Oh, well, yeah. So you yeah, like, like you I lived, lived there. there lived yeah. There. Nice. <laughs> did you learn any French? Unfortunately, <laughs> I won't say unfortunately. Um, it it was a blessing in disguise. Um, can I speak it? No. Can mm. I understand it? Kind of. Yeah. You can get by. You know what you need to get. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it kind of gave me a way to like start exploring myself as an artist. Mm. I've always had a hard time like getting people to want to work with me. Mm. Um, so I decided like, well, I'm here by myself. I'm like seven hours ahead of everybody I love. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to hunker down and like figure out like, do I want to produce? Do I want to write? Like what's the genres I want to explore? And that kind of bred like the first little project I ever worked on, Mm -hmm. which was called To Die in Paris. I had like 
10 ego deaths over there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, once I finished that, I came back to the States and I was very inspired to like start actually pursuing things as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, before I kind of just like fallen into the background, I was like songwriting, ghostwriting for people and just like pitching my ideas. And I was like, oh, I'm a songwriter. I came back and I was like, no, like I want to be like yeah, on stage like, in the front. Yeah. yeah. Um, so little did I know that ended up turning into like my thesis for college, like my final senior mm-hmm. project. Um, it got renamed, a few other songs got added in. Um, but like people loved it and everybody was just so surprised. They're like, Oh my gosh, Kennedy, I didn't even know that you did this. And I was yeah. like, Me either. <laughs> um, but from that, I well, the pandemic happened. That's what happened. Yeah. Because um, I really started picking up momentum. And then I had to go back to Dallas because it was just so expensive to be here. And it was scary. Um, and I spent the last three years in Dallas um, just really grinding and getting things back together because I knew I wanted to come back to New York. Mm. Um, so I, when I graduated in May 2020... I had like that summer, everybody was on unemployment. It was a great time. I used that money to start paying my current producer. Um, And then my dad, who is an adjuster, he put me on Mm -hmm. um, to adjusting. And that's how I started like seriously generating income. Also around that time is when I started learning how to trade. Okay. Um, I got a mentor, she's super dope. And she taught me how to trade minus the MLM and all the really crazy stuff. Like, yeah, we'll definitely get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was trading, adjusting, and music. Okay, so yeah. those, are, those are the top three. All right, so then we'll start off with the trading. So you mentioned you had a mentor, someone mm-hmm. who taught you how to trade minus the... Um, what is it called? Um, the IML stuff. IML, yeah. yeah. That's uh, I can't wait for that documentary to come out. Oh my gosh! Like in our forties. Yes. But um, so what is your what is your why in trading? What do you mm. what do you want to do with the money that you get right. in trading? So it started off just like I wanted to make money, mm-hmm. and then it became a passion because it's very it's a cerebral sport, and I yeah. like things. No, that, I mean everyone when you start, yeah, you're, like, you're on the charts twenty four seven. You're like you know you you actually love it, and you learn about your, uh, right. a lot about yourself as well. Yes, so, yeah. yeah. So it started off with that. Um, the end game with trading is just to like fund my life mm-hmm. in general. Um, currently, I'm working on like getting enough capital to where I wake up, I trade one day, it funds my whole month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're really close, like yeah. really close, like within the next like six months to a year. Like, that's that's awesome. That's great. I have to step to me differently. Yeah, as they should. <laughs> as they should. The price went up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All right. And then, uh, what instruments do you trade, um, and what mm. time frame? I'm a U.S. thirty girl. Okay. And so I, um, that's the Dow Jones for people. Yes. who You know, don't know what trading is. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Dow Jones, and then what time frame? Um, all of them. So I have multiple strategies. So you swing, you position trade, mm-hmm. you scalp. Okay, so kind of whatever whatever the market's doing, you're down. Yeah. That's good. All right. And then um, why did you decide on Forex over, let's say, mm. stocks, options, futures, <laughs> crypto? You know, what, uh, what, what about Forex spoke to you? I don't have patience. Mm-hmm. So stocks, you have to sit there. Options don't make any sense to me because you're like gambling. <laughs> um, A lot of people say that about Forex, too. Yeah, but that's the that's the difference. It's, it's sort of like if you get it, you get it. Like, yeah. Once you're in it, you just you know. So. Yeah, and I've like converted a lot of people, like yeah. unbelievers. It it is much quicker money. Um, I started off in options actually, and um, yeah, like with the time exp- expiring and all that stuff. Like sometimes you have to wait a month. Sometimes mm-hmm. you know, it could be the next day. But forex is kind of like Boom. if you want to scalp, you can scalp. Right. And, you know, that's that's lunch. That's my trip to Paris. That's you know whatever it is. So yeah. Okay, and then what? Um, Outside of, I guess, your mentor, and you can include her as well, mm-hmm. um, who would you say you've learned the most from and what have they taught you in terms of trading? Mm, my best friend. Okay. She's my, like, trading partner. Mm-hmm. And so I was with my mentor. She was, she got got by the IML. <laughs> but through that, we've learned a lot from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, she's paid for, you know, her fair share of courses. I paid for my fair share of courses. And we kind of, like, put our heads together and really were able to, like, dive into developing like a way to trade and look at the markets Mm -hmm. and think about 
how we want to generate income. Like she's a big part of how I develop my psychology yeah. like in general. And we just have been able to bounce off of each other. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have her, like I probably would have gave up like 2021. Yeah. So, so you, you, you say you're pro trading buddy or having a trading partner. Absolutely. You have okay. to have an accountability yeah. person. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the IML kind of does that with the groups and yeah. like having a community sort of thing. Cause yeah, if you trade alone, like the it's, second you go into yeah. drawdown, you're like, nah, it's I'm, not a, I'm good. Yeah. Um, okay. That's fair. And then yeah. what would you say you learned most about yourself from trading? Ooh. Cause it, it definitely teaches you a lot about yourself through the psychology of, yeah. you know, perseverance, I guess in a way. Self-control. Okay. Um. Self-control. And then having to own up to when you mess up because mm-hmm. it's it's you like you lose yeah, that money you that's on you. you yeah it's the market doesn't yeah. care it'll take anyone's money um but you when you find the waves you find a way to you know, mm-hmm. swim through and you know everything like that so yeah everyone obviously knows the pros of trading in the or yeah the pros of trading what do you personally dislike about trading mm. what do i dislike i kind of a loaded question <laughs> i mean the, i mean it is what it is i mean yeah let it let it go i mean the markets yeah as you know they don't care so. <laughs> i dislike that you gotta give money to make money yeah i hate that yeah. but but that's a prop from yeah yeah even still though it's still yeah, like I mean, a, there's, yeah, there's an entry fee but i feel like yeah even in the regular job world it's kind of like that like mm-hmm. everyone has to earn their stripes in some sort of way right but the upside is just, I mean, we both know it's its mm-hmm. just so high. So yeah. yeah, I hate that people don't get it unless they're in it. So yeah. like, I always look like I'm crazy or like, yeah, I have a hoodie known. on. Yeah, come yeah. to my room with 10 screens. No, and, literally. Yeah. Or like, I'm already known for being like heads in the clouds. Like, yeah. oh, there goes Kennedy, <laughs> like this one again. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, oh, but um, I don't know. Maybe I am a little like crazy for loving it, but. No, yeah. you, you have to be a certain personality, yeah. I think. And, and whatever, even like scalpers have different personalities in intraday versus yeah. swing versus position. So in general, yeah, if you're if you have the psychology to be a trader, you're definitely just different in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely agree with that. And then what advice would you have for someone who's just starting out, um, you know, looking back in, mm. your, in your journey? YouTube is free. Yeah, YouTube University. Everything you need. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pay for a course. You don't have to listen to the people who are like flashing their cars. Yeah, lifestyle influencers and all that. Yeah. So YouTube is free. Um, If you're serious, like I would do my research and find like a good mentor Mm -hmm. and then a community. Yeah. Or you can just like. Hit me up and I'll teach you. Soft plug, soft plug, <laughs> launching soon, launching soon. Yeah. Okay. And then um, how would you say, obviously we know trading is very um, stressful and on the psychological aspect. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage stress and your psychology with trading? And <laughs> let's say you're in a swing position and it's, it's fluctuating what you know, it's going to hit my take profit. You know, how do you manage, you know, your emotions during trading aspect? Bubble baths. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bubble baths. That's, that's a new one. I've haven't heard that before. I'm after <laughs> a try great that one. <laughs> that's how I manage stress in general. I take me a bubble bath, yeah. and um, I will leave the house. Mm-hmm. I'll leave my laptop. I'll leave my phone. Yeah, put your phone down. I think is literally the best way. It's mm-hmm. either gonna hit your stop loss or you take profit. Just don't worry about the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, I journal. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep a journal. And, By hand or like my FX book or something? Uh, both. So like I'll take my screenshots and mm-hmm. I like to use Notion. So I have my trade journal in Notion, but also like when I'm emotional, mm-hmm. I'm writing it down, yeah. like channeling it into something. Um, since are I am you, Are we going to get a trading album from you? Uh, believe it or not, I do have a little song. <laughs> I have one. We'll, we'll have to, we'll plug it in the, in the description for sure. Uh, She's not out yet. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, whenever it releases, One day we'll definitely... in the some, yeah. sometime eventually. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And then what are your what are some of your personal trading rules? Like mm. when do you stop? When do you like not get in? You know, mm-hmm. what uh yeah, how do you keep yourself on the straight and narrow? Um, I have time frames that I trade within. Mm-hmm. If it's not within that time frame, I'm not even looking at the chart. Mm-hmm. Um, I have certain setups that I go for. Mm-hmm. We have A setups, B setups, C setups. We only take A setups. Mm-hmm. It's not an A setup. 
and I take it. And, and what kind of trader would you say you are? Do you are you price action? Do you trade patterns? Uh, price uh, action. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Go um, price out. Shout out price action. <laughs> if you can read a chart, you can read a chart. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. When I see my setup, I see my setup. If it's within my rules, I take it. If it's not within my rules, I don't take it. And mm-hmm. if I still take it when it's outside of my rules, it's my fault. I lost money. Yeah. You're gonna lose money every time gotcha. you don't follow your rules. And how many confluences do you need? Personally. Uh, depends on the strategy, mm-hmm. but I like to have at least three. Okay, but and my then, strategies are built around that. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And then, are you more technical or fundamental? Mm, technical. Mm, unfortunate, but you know we'll have to learn. You oh, that's a, that's a that's a conversation for another day. That's a conversation yeah, for another day. I I told you to behave today. Yeah, so. that's fine. Um, <laughs> and then. I don't even know how to answer this question myself, but mm-hmm. how would you advise someone like to evade scams in Forex? Like, how would you, how do you know it's legit versus what's mm-hmm. not? Because it kind of blends. Research. So are you talking like specifically? Like, um, we'll, we'll use IML, for example, mm-hmm. where they're more of a MLM company rather than teaching you how to trade. Or when would you tell, how can you tell a prop firm is legit versus mm-hmm. not? Or um, just in general, there's a lot of, um, negative opinions about the forex industry and things mm-hmm. like that because there's been so many prevalent scams but as you know you can trade and make money and have done so before so for somebody new what content should they consume or how do they wade through the, the the fake from the real i have a very interesting take i'll say okay um well i mean that's what we're here for yeah <laughs> Um, being like a woman trader, Mm. um, I, both me and my trading partner are both women and my mentor is a woman as well. Mm. So I've had the unique opportunity to like only deal with women traders. We're like specifically seeking out other communities of women. Yeah. Um, and there is a difference between communities of men and communities of women and how they trade. Um, so like I am quick to, when I there's a new prop firm that comes up or there's a new academy or anything like that. I'm going to go see what the girls are saying mm-hmm. because you're going to have the men who are screaming about the cars. Yeah. He's scamming people and yeah. he's doxing my, nobody cares about that. Like <laughs> yeah. I want money. Yeah. And the girls will be like, look, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to set it up. This is where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. Call me if you need help. Yeah. And that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of our trading career, like, yes, we see, you know, all the big main, men gurus who Mm. do their thing but like we take that information and we take it back to the girls yeah so if it's possible to like tap into one of the like female traders who are like out there showing their journeys Mm -hmm. not saying that they don't scam but i find that the communities of women it's less prevalent from what i've seen yeah there's more there's there's less of them but they're by uh ratio there's also more legit ones too yeah because They're about their money. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, when you're in a community of people that are, it's just so many men. Yeah. I do not have time and it's to funny listen to because, you cry. Because the scammers will even big up the legit, like, they don't put on yeah. other scammers. It's always, you know, the women are yeah. more legit. So. Yeah. But not to say you won't get scammed by a woman, because there are some. I'm yeah. not calling no names. <laughs> but I found that, like, the, the way that I've avoided getting scammed is that, and I've talked to a lot of other traders who are men mm-hmm. who, their journey is completely different than mine. And I'm like, see, you should have sought out the women who were yeah. teaching you how to trade. And he was over there chasing. Yeah. Whatever yeah. else. The yeah. lifestyle. So I will say that's one thing that I found is successful for myself. Reddit. Love Reddit. Yeah. Um, Shout out Reddit. Yeah. Uh, what else? In general, in terms of prop firms and stuff, if it's too good to be true, it is. Yeah. Um. If they're saying there's like tiny startup costs, don't listen. Mm. Like that, that's not real. Yeah. And if we've learned anything about like the whole my forex funds thing, mm. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm have you guys research that on your own. Look up my forex funds, and you'll see the the mayhem yeah. that ensued. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. That, I think that that definitely hits the nail on the head. And then we can come back to it later if you don't have one like off the top of your head. But tell us a story, a trading story that you've had, a win, a loss, whatever that's stuck with you um, that, you know, just reminds you of something good, bad, negative or otherwise. Otherwise, if you don't know something now, we can come back to it. Mm. 
I think my favorite trading story is the last time I got funded with a prop firm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, prior to this time that I'm about to tell you about, I, every time I would get funded or pass a phase of an account, it would be like a very quick, like speedy, like, yeah. ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done a display, <laughs> but I did it, yeah. you know? Um, and it always left a question like, is this me trading or did I get lucky? Mm-hmm. And my most recent time, like I very much committed to consistency. Like even if I saw like 100, 200 pip move, if I said I'm only catching 75 pips, that's it, it, take a dip. Mm -hmm. So it felt more like, okay, I did that. And it was the first time I actually like saw myself as a trader, recognized myself as a trader. Mm -hmm. A year ago, I haven't really been trading the past like um, year or so because I've been working on teaching and mm-hmm. academy stuff um but the last time that like i did a prop firm challenge that was when i was like oh this is what they talk about when they're yeah. like no this is me and i'm disciplined yeah. and yeah so that's probably my favorite okay story. yeah with the so you finally seeing yourself as a like a real legit mm-hmm. yeah it's it's weird it's uh the light bulb kind of just goes off and then you just you are yeah um okay well another ego death that's 11 so there's so many there's so many daily we yeah. have them daily yeah and then now to the i guess less known of your endeavors um for those who don't know what is insurance adjusting oh okay <laughs> so disclaimer she doesn't do adjusting anymore but we'll get into that as we yeah continue. insurance adjusting um an adjuster is the person that handles insurance claims on the internal side so Mm. like if you get into a car wreck and you want to claim your insurance you're going to be dealing with a car adjuster Mm -hmm. if a tornado happens and your house gets like picked up and thrown across the river you're dealing with a property adjuster um if you have a workers comp claim like you get hurt on the job When you file an insurance claim, you're dealing with an insurance adjuster and they basically are the person that reads your policy Mm -hmm. and based off of what you're claiming, they decide whether or not you're getting paid out and how much. Gotcha. Okay. So nobody likes the insurance companies. So these are the faces that you're talking to when they deny you. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So Mm -hmm. lots of hate, lots of hate. And how did you get exposed to adjusting? My dad's been adjusting my whole life. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're kind of grandfathered in, yeah. in a sense. Yeah. And and how does how does one get into adjusting? You your your background's a little bit different because mm-hmm. you do have a family member who's done it. But for the average person, how do you become zero to adjuster or get right. on your first appointment? Um, so everybody that I've put on since I started adjusting, um, I tell them to go and get their Texas license because mm-hmm. it's one of the best licenses you can have to start. So is Florida. Um, we'll talk about that. Um, Florida used to be a good one to have. And yeah. so much has changed now. Yeah, it's slowly becoming uninsurable. So yeah. It's, there's also yeah. yeah. I mean, New York is second. I mean, I'm obviously biased, but um, you can get paid very well uh, adjusting in New York. The reason I say Texas <laughs> is because Texas is... A reciprocal state with so many other states mm-hmm. in the country so there are some states where you don't have to have a license to adjust and then there are states where you do have to have a license but if you have one like texas which is really respected um it's really easy to get your other licenses in the states mm-hmm. whereas new york even though it will pay there's not reciprocal licenses for new york so you still would have to go take another state's license test yeah. and then get licensed in those states to get your reciprocal license correct so like if a storm were to happen um if a storm were to happen you would have a better chance of getting hired with a texas license than new york correct um and this is just for people who are wanting to get started up um if you never want to leave new york do that yeah yeah but um I would suggest you going to Texas. You do have to go to Texas to get the license. It's like a week. There's a course. And I forget the name of the place that does it, but they're in Dallas. And basically, if you take the course at the end of the week, 
they basically give you the answers to the test. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, and then you get your license and you get fingerprinted. You pay for it all and you're good to go. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. When I got my Texas license, I think I got Florida first and then I realized they were reciprocal. Mm-hmm. So I did it that way. Um, but Florida, there was no exam. It was just kind of a, so, oh, that's what happened. Florida became reciprocal with, I think, either Georgia or Louisiana. And then I kind of just played the hopscotch mm-hmm. game of doing that. But definitely I recommend Texas. New York is known as the golden ticket within the industry um, just because New York typically pays higher, but it also is a more difficult test. Um, just a disclaimer. But um, also you're going to get taxed a lot. But outside of all that, as she said, yes, get a Texas license. Um, so now take us through. Have you ever worked cat before? Absolutely. That's all I do. Okay. So then take us through the day of a daily adjuster and then take us through the day of a cat adjuster and cats is a catastrophic disaster like a hurricane for those who are listening so a daily claims adjuster is going to deal with things like and i'm specifically going to talk property because that is what i did um even though i'm licensed to like handle all sorts of types Mm -hmm. um but as a property daily claims adjuster you're going to deal with stuff like oh my gosh our electricity went out and the whole circuit is fried and we had a fire yeah or somebody threw a baseball through my window somebody drove their car into my house or the pipes burst oh my gosh um when the freeze happened well that was kind of that's in the middle we'll get to that um But yeah, just everyday things that happen and it's like, oh my gosh. Or like if you're in an apartment building and your neighbor's pipes burst and like your ceiling is soaked and caving in, like Mm. things like that. Um, That would be a daily claim versus a catastrophe where you have like tornadoes, hurricanes, freeze events, um, winter storms, like things like that, earthquakes. Yeah. Like any major event that'll be on the news that's a catastrophe. Um, and a daily claim, somebody who works daily claims would just, you would, it depends on the company that you're working for. Um, the companies that I've worked for, um, I get the claim, I call the insured. I let the insured know I'm sending a field adjuster. Um, some companies will have the desk adjuster, um also go out into the field and look at the claim and the difference between that um a desk adjuster is a person who handles like the file itself and Mm. reads the policy and everything a field adjuster is the person who goes out and they take pictures they write up a report and they write up an estimate for how much it's going to cost to repair the damages Mm. Uh, but the field adjuster doesn't decide whether or not the claim will get paid unless the desk adjuster is also field adjusting Um, but in the positions that i've worked i don't go outside (laughs) so i work from the desk um and as a desk adjuster i would call the insured i would let them know a field adjuster's coming out the field adjuster goes out takes their photos writes their reports their estimate it comes back to me and then i review that information to decide okay we'll pay this we won't based off of the insured's policy and then i have to make the call to the insured to let them know yes we will pay this or no we won't and here's why gotcha yeah and um, then um I guess, what is the worst cat event you've ever worked where the damage was, you know? Just astronomical. Mm -hmm. It would be between the Texas freeze that happened in like 2021 Mm -hmm. and Ida. Okay. That was really, yeah. Yeah. And Texas was bad just in terms of volume and just like we'd never seen anything like that before. So it was a lot of like, I don't know what's going on. And like everybody was frozen out and then people needed places to stay. And you had like the like, um, what's it called? Extended living charging like $10,000 a month. Wow. Per yeah, just because they could. Yeah. And so like dealing with things like that was like crazy. You have people crying to you and they're like, My whole house is gone, it's frozen, like people are dying. That was really that was a lot to deal with. Um, and I was not getting paid enough to deal with that. And then Ida was just so devastating because there was a lot of water damage and flooding, mm-hmm. but 
we couldn't cover it under homeowners insurance. So they, if they didn't have flood insurance, they were out of luck or they had to go with FEMA. And it's telling people like, literally, like, I cannot help you put your house back together, even though it's floating down the river that just got created. Yeah, very much GG's like, you know, best of luck with that. No, literally, it was really, 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 really sad. Um, But from that event, I learned to tell all my friends who live up here, like, don't you get your first floor apartment. Yeah. (laughs) Don't you do it. Yeah, I remember they were paying like, I want to say 13K a week to just take photos um, up here. So, I mean, that's just kind of an allusion to, you know, how much you can get paid. But segueing off of that, how much does an adjuster make depending on daily claims versus cat claims versus... Right. I'd say anywhere from... 65k upwards to like the people at the top of the food chain easily make like 300k like -hmm. depending on how much experience you have what the event is and where you fall in the lineup Mm -hmm. um and how did what deployments do you choose to make your money um I like to work, so I just happen to get a lot of experience in water claims mm-hmm. early on, so I prefer to work anything that's water. I do not like events where I have to look at roof pictures. I hate those. Mm-hmm. I hate it. There's so much that goes on. Water, I could tell you, <laughs> we'll cover this, or like, no, that's flood. Yeah. Um. So hurricanes, I'm jumping. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, like, if... I were to continue adjusting, I would probably be trying to see how I could get into flood just mm-hmm. because I have so much experience with like water. Um, but besides that, I'll work a cat if it comes, mm-hmm. but I prefer to work like water events. Okay. Gotcha. And what are the hours like? Mm-hmm. So if you're a cat adjuster, you're easily working 10 hour days minimum, mm-hmm. uh, six days a week. And then if it's really bad, it'll be like 11, 12 hour days, seven days a week indefinitely. Gotcha. And how yeah. long do deployments typically last? Depends. It could be a month, could be three months. Um, I know when what was the one that hit Houston? Recently. Um, like I think twenty eighteen. Oh, I didn't even really know anything about Justin. Oh. Well, there was like a really bad one that hit Houston. Like Beyonce went. It was mm. it was that bad. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, not yeah, I vaguely remember. I don't remember the name, but yeah. But that storm specifically they were adjusting on that for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, we make good money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it really just depends on how bad it is, mm-hmm. um, where it's located, what specifically happens, mm-hmm. um, whether or not the state was prepared. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And so what do you recommend uh, for somebody new entering the industry? Like, okay, they have their license. Mm-hmm. Now what? Um. Sign up with all the independent adjusting firms Mm -hmm. if that's what you want to do. If you want to be a catastrophe adjuster, that's what you should do. Mm -hmm. If you're okay working daily claims, um, those are normal, you know, nine to five hours. Um, You sign on as a staff adjuster. Um, You would still apply to the different. um, Well, it wouldn't be the firms. It would be the insurance company. So like State Farm, Mm -hmm. um, Liberty Mutual. Um, they post them on like they're everywhere. Like if you just type in like yeah, insurance adjuster indeed, positions, you can find those, yeah. yeah, they don't pay as much, but you have a better work life balance. Yeah, and um, it's guaranteed versus right. you know when you're not on deployment, right. you have to put money aside. Yeah, like you get benefits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so things like that. Um, yeah, that's probably where I'd start. Just getting signed up with all of the different. Um, Independent adjustment firms, yeah. Got it. And so now the 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 more fun part of the show. Uh-oh. What do you dislike about the insurance industry? They're scamming. <laughs> like insurance is a scam. I agree. Yeah. So it. I personally, I don't like being dishonest. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of moments where I have to hold my tongue. There's mm-hmm. a lot of politics in the adjusting oh, world. Oh, for sure. I can. And agree. so you could have a claim that's ready to be paid Mm -hmm. and you're waiting on approval from like a team leader, a manager. And it's been three days. You've been sitting on this and they're just, who knows where they are. Mm -hmm. Um, you have an insured calling you like, where's my stuff? What's going on? Or like, you know, it's going to be a denial and Mm -hmm. they're like, where's what's going on? And I can't tell you 
specifically what's going on because I have to take ownership of the file, even though things are happening that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And so like when I first started, that was one of the hardest things for me to deal with. Um, because I'm just a very honest person. I like to tell you how it is. We're like, look, you didn't hear this from me. Um, but you'd get in trouble for doing stuff like that. Um, do they record the calls? Where I work, no. But I worked for a luxury insurance company where the insurance, it would be two degrees of separation until they're at the top of the company and mm. your name is in their mouth yeah. and everything. Like, you just, yeah. Yeah. You don't risk it. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't, I don't like playing the politics game. Um and then also with the firm itself, like there's a lot of egos, there's a lot of people. And I feel like this goes for all corporate jobs, but like there's a lot of egos at the top of the food chain mm-hmm. who have no idea what's going on. You can't tell them about themselves. And yeah. it's like, we're all They're so to... far removed from where they started that yeah. they don't remember. Yeah. Or they're just not qualified. Yeah. So it's just like, I am not somebody who likes to, you know, kiss tushes. Yeah. So <laughs> I I don't like it. At all and yeah. cannot sustain. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Uh, well, I mean, it's a it's a it's a people industry, so you're always gonna have that. <sighs> I feel like every industry is a people industry, but not every industry is a good people industry. Hundred percent, I agree. Yeah. Um, but speaking of, uh, how important is networking in the adjusting industry? I feel like it's a hard question to ask me. Oh, yeah, you, you kind of yeah, have silver spoon. I'm spoiled, and I don't talk to people because I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, all right. So, yeah, maybe we'll ask another adjuster yeah. when come on. Um, but obviously, since you're, um, I assume you work mostly remote desk positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so since you're home and they're, they're long hours, how do you physically and emotionally, you know, with some of these disasters affecting people and, you know, you're hearing their tears and other things like that, how do you physically and emotionally keep your well-being going while you know on deployments and things like that so recently like within the past year discovered salsa dancing (laughs) so we love her i took like this really fun intensive at the beginning of the year Mm. and so i always had that to look forward to at the end of the day and so we'd go like twice a week for like three hours and then they have like socials and events and stuff so like every day there was something new for me to be like oh i don't want to talk to these people but at least i get to go dance yeah shout out hudson yards <sighs> not in new york yeah yeah but um there was that um uh, before i found salsa dancing we just like work out or we go for walks mm-hmm. go for drives um what else did i do i would puppy sit and that would like yeah like I mean, puppy nobody, therapy yeah, you know everyone likes a puppy <laughs> yeah so so there'd be stuff like that bubble baths <laughs> have to plug them again yeah um my friend and i because we made adjuster money we would eat our way around the city so highly recommend for anyone yeah. who's not from new york just come here and eat and that's all you need yeah um so sometimes lunch would not be at home like mm-hmm. we'd just be like i want to be in the house today yeah so just set up at your favorite little restaurant spot or cafe and you're like, I don't want to do this, but at least I don't want to do this. And I'm getting paid to like sit at this restaurant. Yeah. Jiggle the mouse. Yeah. So things like that. Gotcha. All right. Fair enough. And then before I depart and pass it on to my lovely co-host, tell us your funniest adjusting story. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I got to think. Hold on. Uh, this is the one question I wish you had sent to me, like, before. We can come back to it. Okay. Yeah. So think on it. Okay, so at the beginning, you mentioned uh, your musical pursuits, your passion. Mm-hmm. So um, Pablo has informed me that this is my shtick, so I'm going to keep it all music from now on. Okay. Um, Why did you start making music? You may have mentioned it before, Ooh. but but... And uh, if you can reiterate it or however you want to do it. Don't throw me under the bus like that ever again. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. Am I am I causing some tension in nah, here? No, it's all jokes. It's all jokes. Love is love. 
Love is love. Love is life. Um, what made me start making music? I have always done it in a sense. Um, I have a cousin who's a producer, like a pretty mm-hmm. notable producer in Dallas. And I got to like watch him do this thing. Grew up in the church, like very much surrounded by the arts. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was ever like, I don't know. Just kind of fell into it. Yeah. I've always like been a writer, songwriting, and it just kind of evolved and developed. Like I wrote my first song, I think it was like nine. Right, right. Yeah. So it was like kind of exposed to like studio spaces very early in life, mm-hmm. choir, um, musical theater shows. Like I was always doing something artsy. So I think it just kind of, it's always been there. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, what inspired your stage name? Ooh, it's my name. So it's, 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 uh, is it Ken- it's Kennedy Chanel, right? It's Kenny Chanel. Kenny yeah. Chanel. So Kenny is a nickname. Like my family's always called me Kenny. Mm-hmm. And then Chanel's my middle name. Oh, wow. So, that's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I originally wanted to um, just go by Kenny. But like by the time I started releasing music, there were so many, like it was oversaturated. Right, There's right, a lot right. of Kenny's. And I was like, oh. I'd like to be an individual, please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when I was little, I wanted to like be called Chanel. And my mom was like, your name is fine. <laughs> and like, it's my middle name. She's like, but like, I, I took my time to name you Kennedy. So, mm-hmm. so I was like, you know what? I'll just like tack it on. Cause like, I'm very much a Kenny. Like, I can't see myself running around going like, I'm Chanel. Like, that's just so, like, I'm a lot, but like, not that much. <laughs> so, yeah, Kenny Chanel. Got you, got yeah. you. And um, your stuff is great, by the way. Thank you. Who are your biggest musical influences? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm just going to name the first ones that come to mind. Okay. This is not the comprehensive list. This is not in any order. Um, I listen to, like, Michael Jackson, The Jackson 5 a lot mm. as a child. Um, like, studied their writing, their arrangements. Um, I love Bruno Mars. Mariah Carey. Um, I have a lot of influence from like Beyonce, uh, Victoria Monet. Uh, who else? I have like a long running list of like the people, but like those are the first ones that come to mind. Got you, got you, got you. How do you feel right now about the stuff you have out and the stuff that you're holding? How do you feel about your current sound right now? The stuff that I have out does not even come close to the iceberg. Like, here's the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Here's the tip. Here's scratching the tip. And then, like, here's where we are, like, all the way right with mm-hmm. what I've released. Mm-hmm. Um, it very much is, like, me just trying to, like, put myself out there. Right, right, um, right. There was a point in time when I, I was just too scared to release music. So... Um, I say like half of what I have out now is just me making an attempt at like showing up for myself as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, the two most recent drops that I have, Naughty and Change Your Life, those two are like starting to get into like where we're going. They're like two songs off of like my upcoming project. Right. Um, but I don't even think it scratches anywhere near the surface of where we're going. That's good though. I love to hear that. It's, <clears throat> yeah. it's confidence. It's it's understanding. It's it's just is. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Do you record yourself? Do you go to the studio one hundred percent? And if you do record mm-hmm. yourself or go to the studio, what program are they using on the computer? So, <clears throat> excuse me. I've done both. Um, I record myself primarily just because resources right now. Right. Um, I record out of Logic X. Um. <laughs> Yeah, because it's the simplest. Mm-hmm. I tried Ableton. I mm, I don't have the patience. I pay people to have the patience for Ableton. Right. <laughs> but um, I record out of Logic. And when I do go to the studio every now and again, they record out of um, Pro Tools. Got you. Got yeah. You. Okay. Okay. How big is your team right now? Your, your music Ooh. team? Is it just you? Are you a one-man yeah. army? Do you have... Family who helps you. Gotcha. So it's me, singer-songwriter. I come with the ideas. I have my amazing producer. Um, I don't know if he wants me to, like, say his name, but he knows who he is. Um, nah, plug him. <laughs> I'm not trying to get in trouble. He likes to give a little profile. So Fair enough. We'll find you. I'm screaming. <laughs> um, but, yeah, 
he is amazing at what he does. And then I just recently brought on a mixing engineer because mm-hmm. as amazing as my producer is, he's like, girl, I don't want to mix your vocals. Too many layers. So <laughs> what he did so far sounded sounded yeah. very uh, intricate and he did his thing. Yeah. Balance was nice. So yeah, he's great at what he does. Yeah. So I remember before you mentioned you were classically trained. Are you vocally trained <clears throat> too? Yeah. So wow, wow, wow. classically trained, like I sing opera. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Excuse me. So, um, how do you come up with your song ideas and lyrics? Is it is, is it do you channel it? Is mm-hmm. it your life experience? Where do you get your your topics and the ideas from? All of the above. All of the above. Um, sometimes it's just straight up and down heartbreak. Mm. Um, sometimes I'm sleeping. It's three in the morning. I like sit up and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I don't get this out of me, somebody else is gonna pop up with this song and I'm going to be upset. Right, like, cause right. I don't think that, um, I don't think like, I think the songs come from somewhere. Like they're, they're coming out into the world one way or another. And it's either you're going to be like the medium it's delivered through or somebody else is going to get it. Right. And the last thing I need is seeing one of my favorites singing a song that came to me first. So. <laughs> I can respect that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much okay. So here, what is your why in music? Why? Because I can't. I can't not. Like I mm, must. Um, it's a need. Yeah, I'm not an artist by choice. I'm an artist because I have to. Mm. Um, like if I could do anything else, I would, but I can't. I understand that. Yeah. And then I guess uh, let's see more music questions. How is your work-life balance between your music and your insurance adjusting slash Forex lifestyle? Um, it's great now. It's great now. <laughs> I don't adjust anymore. Okay, okay, um, okay. Before, it was like when I was adjusting, um, I would find time like throughout my day to write or it would just be what I do at the end of the night. Like mm. I'm busy, phones on do not disturb or right. I take the weekend. Uh, but there's always time for music mm-hmm. with Forex. I day trade like maybe two hours a day, maybe. Yeah, it doesn't really take that much time. time. Yeah, Yeah, which is why I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's plenty of time for music. Like, I'm always thinking about it. So, got you, got you. I got three more questions for you. Okay. So, best and worst memory captured in one of your songs? If you feel comfortable to share. Like best memory and then worst yeah, memory. Yes, yes, yes. Um, best memory. I don't think the songs are out yet that capture it. I will say, um, eleven sixteen twenty two. That's that's, a, a, that's a real song that, that I wrote that one about. Like I was in the middle of like mm-hmm. going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one, I will say that one captures a very real moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then propaganda is a that's a real one too. Like I was pissed <laughs> during twenty twenty. Like there was just so much going on, um, and it just kind of like came out of me. And I was like, I guess this is what we're doing. And I felt a little weird because I was like, Is this the first single I'm gonna drop? And mm-hmm. I was like, You know what? Like why not? Why not? Yeah. But I'd say my best and my worst moment we get to come. I have like. We got like 10, 11 EPs lined up. Oh so my we're telling a story. Yeah. Oh my When's the next one coming out? Uh, It should be coming out summer 2024. Should be. Okay, we're waiting on it. We're waiting. She's serious. Yeah. Uh, see here. Are you looking to a uh, tour? I know you, you, mm-hmm. you, you said previously you wanted to be more on stage. Mm-hmm. Come from behind the, the pen and pad. But do you see yourself committing to 100% tour? Yeah. Dates sold out, all that. Absolutely. If I had the opportunity to, um, and once my fan base, honestly, even if my fan base isn't there, like I'd love to be on stage, um, build however I can. Um, I just haven't had the opportunity yet. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have enough to where, like, even if it's not released, like I can still perform. I can put on a show. Yeah. yeah. Now, last question for me. Favorite mm-hmm. TV show slash movie? Oh, favorite TV show? Yeah. New Girl. Oh, shout out New Girl. Girl. Shout out the team. That's one of the best shows ever. 
And this is why you redeem yourself every time. Yeah, no, nah, New Girl is a, <laughs> is a fire show. I love it. Yeah. Um, and where can where can everyone find you? Kenny Chanel, K E N N I Chanel, like the perfume. And on what platforms? Um, I tend to stick to TikTok and Instagram. Okay, TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. And then what about this trading academy? Where can we get updates? Ooh, mm, that's a good one. I have a little Instagram account that I guess I can pay more attention to. Yeah. Uh, her name is K She Trades, like the letter K mm. and then She Trades. Okay. We'll yeah. put that, we'll definitely put that in the description. Um, but other than that, I mean, I've I've grilled you long enough, I think. Kanye has too. So um, we definitely appreciate you coming on. And we will definitely have you back since you have so many things coming up down the line. Um, we're excited to see. And, you know, we hope you you flourish. Um, and definitely don't forget us when you're touring or making millions a day uh, trading that. US 30. Yeah. Um, but this has been <laughs> another episode of The Culture Connectors. Um, and we'll catch you guys next week. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye. I wanna move my buddy. I'm going out, I'm feeling nutty And I'm ready to party, party I wanna make my buddy I wanna get it started I wanna make things happen I wanna get things poppin' I wanna sweat my hair